Now, I want you to open your Bible to the book of John. If you have a copy of the scripture with you in print, open the Bible. Turn on your iPhone if you turn it on to the scripture. Uh, look on the screen. We try to do everything we can to get you introduced to the Word of God, the inspired and errant and infallible Word of God. What I think or what you think won't help us at all. It's what God knows that we want to hear. And he has put it in his word. And we're going to read a story that took place one week after the resurrection. After that day, when the prophecies were fulfilled, that Jesus would be crucified, but three days later he would be raised from the grave, that day took place on Friday. He was crucified. On Sunday he rose and then the disciples, many of them were scared to death. They thought they might be executed at any time. And indeed, that happened in the lives of those disciples later on. But in this moment that I'm going to introduce to you here in the, in the message today, God got them all together and he spoke to them. God's got us all together. So let him speak to us as well as those that watch on the internet. John chapter 20, verse 19 through 22. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Now look at verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said unto them, receive you the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Bible, the Holy Spirit is always a person, not an it, not a thing, a person. And never, never is it referred to apart from that. And I want us to ask God's wisdom for us today as we deal with this critical subject, who is the Holy Spirit? I want to say to you again, if I'm talking to anyone and you're, you've been baptized, you've joined the church, but at this moment, you have no evidence or no understanding in a personal way of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. I really want you to listen closely. Because you see, no one comes to the Lord Jesus and invites God into their life that the Holy Spirit doesn't come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you know it. When the Holy Spirit comes, you cease to be like all your friends. 
You cease to be like the bunch and you become one of a time. Because God has created you uniquely. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. All of us are. No two are alike. But when God is invited into our life, he takes this unique creation, you, me, and he begins to work in our life. And the work that he does in our life mesmerizes people that used to know us. But now they know us since Jesus came into our heart. Now, no one ever changed the world because they joined a church and got baptized. Nobody. That was something that they did in a selfish way when somebody said, go get baptized or you're going to go to hell. He said, Lord, you know, I'd rather get wet one time than spend eternity in fire the rest of my life. So where's the baptistry? That's not the way it works. It's not about joining a church. It's not about acting religious and learning how to say the Lord's Prayer when everybody else says it. That's not Christianity. Christianity comes when you're born again. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit, who is a person, comes to live in your life. And when that happens, everything that's out there that the world looks at every single day, and most of them make the same decision to go and join it, you don't. And the reason you don't is not because you're better than them, but because you have a power in you that they don't have. And the confusion you have that you know a lot of people go to church every Sunday and they just live just like you do. Their vocabulary is the same. Their hangout places are the same. They partake of the same things. They just, you can just go on and on and on. And so you say, I'm just as good as they are. And that's true. You're just as bad as they are too. And that's true. Well, what's the difference? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How does people say no to the things that the world says yes to every day? The power of the Holy Spirit. How do those that say, I understand the scripture, and others say, well, I don't. I I just don't even read the Bible because I just, you know, I don't have a big education, and I just can't understand it. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can understand it. Because the one that wrote it will explain it to you. But you see, the, the buildings are filled with people today that have never been born again. And because they've never been born again, they struggle with the exact same things the world struggles with, and they have no power in them that is any different from what the world has. So I want you to listen very, very carefully. I want you to notice when Jesus showed up that he was in his rightful place. He was in the midst of them. And when he showed up, peace came. He said, peace be unto you. And then he showed them his hands and feet. There was gratitude there because he had died on the cross for their sin. And then there was purpose there. As the Father sent me, so I'm going to send you. And then he breathed on them and there was power that came. All of this took place in this room one week after Resurrection Sunday. And a bunch of guys from every walk of life got in a room totally confused, and something happened. God introduces the Holy Spirit into their life and says to them, knowing that in just a few days he was going to go back to be with the Father and they were going to fight this battle on earth, that the only way they could ever win is to have God in them through the Holy Spirit. Christ in us is the hope of glory. 
Last week I preached on who is Jesus. I told you he was God creating, he was God communicating, he was God caring, and he was God coming. Today, I want to answer who's the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice the Holy Spirit is God creating, God communicating, God caring, and God coming. We're going to get back to the same spot we ended last week, but we're going to take a little bit different route. There was a one-time introduction to the Holy Spirit, not a bunch. Any time that, that you get around anything that teaches you that the Holy Spirit comes and goes, comes and goes. Well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got annoyed about the Holy Spirit, but now the Holy Spirit left and so forth and so on. No, not if you're a born-again Christian. They don't go out on errands and leave one-third of the Godhead with you. It's always the family. And the Holy Spirit, the only sin in the Bible that is unforgivable, is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. And the reason is because the Holy Spirit is the only one that can get anybody to Jesus. If you've ever been introduced to Jesus, the preacher didn't introduce you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit introduced you to Jesus. And when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit and you block the Holy Spirit out of your life because you know what the Holy Spirit does, it changes people and you don't want to change. Well, when you block the Holy Spirit out, there's no other way, no other way to be saved. So as Christ entered upon his ministry, anointed by the Holy Spirit, he wants these disciples to do the same thing. By the way, he wants you to do the same thing. He doesn't want you to walk out of a baptistry and go out to the same old bunch and the people not even notice. And you say, I'm afraid to tell them because they'll think I'm a religious freak. They'll think I got that church stuff. And I sure don't want to do that, so I'm going to be a secret disciple. And I'm just going to live in such a way that one day they're going to get saved. Nobody ever going to get saved looking at you. The only way they're going to get saved is looking at Jesus in you. And the only way Jesus can get in you is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you're, you're putting on an act that's just killing you to just have to say no to stuff you used to say yes to. And it's just about to run you crazy. It won't when the Holy Spirit comes because he that's in you is greater than he's that's in the world. And the, and the Holy Spirit holds no good thing from those that love him. He said, nothing, nothing will be kept from you if you love me. I want you to think about how important the Holy Spirit was in Jesus' life. I'm trying to convince you it's important in your life. How important is it in the life of Jesus? Remember when he was baptized? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit showed up at his baptism. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went into the wilderness. Satan was going to be the tempter. Where'd the power come from? God. And they gave him the scripture. Every time the devil says something, it hit him with the scripture. In the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus went back to Galilee. And he began a marvelous ministry. And he did many, many mighty works. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised from the grave. And then 40 days later, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-2, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Question is, is the Holy Spirit important in Jesus' life? You bet. Is it important in your life? You bet. You see, the same Holy Spirit that took Jesus down his journey that wasn't always a pleasant journey. Amen? 
But he always got through it, didn't he? And he always won. And so will you. If you know who the Holy Spirit is. And if you have invited the Lord Jesus into your life. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. If we're going to have an effective ministry on earth. If a church is going to have an effective ministry to the world. It has to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit anoints the church is to fill a church with spirit-filled people that don't do spiritual gifts to call attention to themselves to tell people how spiritual they are because I got the Holy Ghost after I got saved. My dear friend, after you get saved, there's nothing else to get. Jesus said on the cross, it is what? Finished. And he must have preeminence. You don't come from Jesus and promote it to anointing of the Holy Spirit. You come to Jesus and God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit come to you and you can do things that you could never do in the flesh. And you know what one of the biggest things is? And you can be the only witness to that. Your life changes. You're shocked. I can't believe how I've changed. I just can't believe. I just can't believe it. Well, it's a miracle. It's all right, I guess, if you don't believe it. It's not going to change it. It happened. Because you see, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is what always gives victory in the, in the Christian life. Look at all the stories in the Bible. When the Holy Spirit showed up, always a miracle, always a miracle. You know, you can feed 5,000. You can have a baptism. I mean, you go on and on and on. But why? Because of who the Holy Spirit is. That's the one that gives the victory in the Christian life. When Jesus went out, the first thing into that Jordan River, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit made their presence known. And it's the only place in the Bible where all three of the Trinity showed up in one place at one time and identified themselves. And here in John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on them. And then he says, receive you the Holy Spirit. Spirit. First there was breath. He breathed on them. And then there was his presence. First there was quietness, peacefulness. And then he breathed on them. And there was a mighty shaking. Does that remind you of any old stories in the Bible? Let me just mention two or three here uh, real quickly. How about Elijah? You remember him ever hearing a still, small voice and then being involved in a whirlwind up to heaven? Boy, you're talking about a transition. How about Moses? He's on the backside of the desert by a burning bush, and he faces Pharaoh, and he parts the Red Sea. Pretty impressive, the power of the Holy Spirit. Gideon, he's quietly placed before the Lord of Fleece. And then comes a blowing of the trumpets and the breaking of pitchers. From the quietness, laying the fleece down, to that battle, all of it, mighty changed by the power of God. How about David? How do you remember David? You remember him as a little shepherd boy, playing on the harp, or killing giants? What's the difference? The power of God. Everybody knows how he won that battle if you know the Bible. How about Daniel? Daniel's in a quiet place of prayer and later is in a den of lions. 
You've been, say, I've been both places. Nehemiah, he weeps silently before God, and then he builds a huge wall around Jerusalem. Paul spends three years in silent communion with God, and, and then the power of God came upon him. He was transformed. The Spirit of God filled him, and he went about and changed the Mediterranean world and wrote much of our New Testament. How? How? Well, he went to seminary. He got his degree. He got him started preaching, got some experience and all that kind of thing, got some support in, and no, 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 no. One thing happened. On the road, Damascus. God changed his life. How does God change life? The Holy Spirit. No, it's not religious stuff. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that changes a life. From a quiet invitation, we can grow into a spirit-filled, effective, grateful, born-again believer and share the gospel with the world. In Genesis, the Holy Spirit, without going back and preaching last week's sermon, just go back and look it and just add to it the Holy Spirit because he was there in creation. He was there in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth, of the waters. But the Holy Spirit is God creating. And in order to receive the Holy Spirit, God must be willing to give it to you. He doesn't give it to you because you ask for it. He gives it to you because you've been adopted into his family. And the reason you've been adopted into his family, the gift has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. And so what you receive in the power of God is a gift from God through the Holy Spirit. But without the Holy Spirit, you don't get that. It is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his stripes we have been healed. And the way God the Father chooses for us to live and to fulfill the works that he wants done is to empower his children with the Holy Spirit. And without that happening, there is no salvation. There is no heaven for you to go to. There is no Life that is effective in changing the world until you are willing to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how it relates to Jesus who said, it's best for me to go away and go back to sit with my father to prepare for the second coming because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to do what the Holy Spirit will do that allows us to accomplish what he wants to accomplish before he comes again. And so you always come back to the same thing. In order to receive the Holy Spirit, the Lord must be willing to give it to you. Let me put it this way. If it's not on the menu, you can't order it. Have you ever gone to people's restaurant and, and they always want to order something not on the menu? I mean, they just come in there and say, well, do you have some of this? No. We got what's on the menu. That's what we got. You know what we got? Right here. But I want it this way. It's not on the menu. The only way you get the Holy Spirit is get saved. 
You say, well, I've always wanted to speak in tongues, you know, and I just thought, that's really cool, you know, that really impresses my friend. No, no, that's not what you want. You want salvation. What you want is salvation for the Holy Spirit to come in you, and then he will give you the gifts that he wants you to have, when he wants you to have them, and when he gives them to you, it's to glorify him. It's not to make you happy, 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 right? We'll let Duck Dynasty do that. Let's let the Lord do what only he can do, all right? But we look carefully, and we see God is just laying it out. John chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Do you remember Matthew 26, 26? Listen to this. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. You notice what he said? Take it and eat it. Take it, but don't show it off. Take it inside of you. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. You don't want to say, I got the Holy Spirit, and whenever I need him, I can just go get him. No, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You take it, and you bring it into your life. And then your hands, your feet, your mouth, your brain, your eyes, and on and on. Your position in life, the way you look, where you live, where you work, who you're married to, on and on the list goes. It's all a result of who the Holy Spirit is. You see, Jesus told these disciples, I said on the cross, it's finished. Hey, guys, you've got to take over. I'm going back to the Father. That's what he said to the church. We're the bride of church. We are the ones that the Lord chose to place here until he comes back again. Now, you decide how effective we're being. You decide whether you think everybody that's a church member is full of the Holy Spirit or just trying to fool somebody, mainly themselves. That's what you have to ask. And that's what we all have to deal with. The same is true. When the Lord gave the supper, it says, take eat. Same thing is true of the Holy Spirit. Here's the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to receive this. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to transform and control your life. I want you to be amazed every single day as to how you see evidences of the fact that the Holy Spirit is living in your life. God communicates his will, but he says, make your choice. Now, that's where the problem comes in. Because you see, we can quench the spirit. We can impede the spirit. We can strangle the spirit. We can grieve the spirit. We can hurt the spirit. We can deny the spirit. We can even do violence to the spirit. But God is depending upon us to know who the Holy Spirit is and where the Holy Spirit resides in our life 
And then how we are to use that Holy Spirit when we recognize I'm in a serious spiritual situation. I am this close. I am this close to breaking the heart of God by taking this body and using it in for sin and for filling this body with sin and for my brain and my tongue and my vocal cords and my lungs spurting out. God's name in vain. I'm this close to doing that because that old sinful nature of original sin is still there. And it's only when you let go and let God speak through you that your whole life begins to change. When God lives his life through you, things begin to change. But for you to believe that you can keep God out, you can ignore what God says, and you can name the subject, when you decide what, how you think the world became into being, that's your choice. When you decide whether, what a marriage is, you make the choice after you've read the word. When you decide whether it's right or wrong to do this or that, you look and see what the Bible says because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he will interpret the Bible and he'll give you the power to live what the Bible says. And then one day, when your pride is gone, you'll find yourself shocked one day when you're sober and humble and you say, God, thank you. I am so sorry. I was so arrogant. How could I do such a thing? Have you ever noticed, you know, wise people learn from other people's mistakes? Every week in the news, Every week, we're hearing stories of individuals. Because of the lack of self-control, their personal lack of self-control in their inner being, made foolish, ridiculous, destructive choices. And it's there every day, every day, every single day. You know what this week? Aaron Hernandez, football. Bill O'Reilly, broadcasting. Tiger Woods, golf. The Prince, entertainment. Maybe you don't know this one. I didn't, but I read in the paper. I've had a lot of time to read. <laughs> Travell Thomas is not a household name to most of I know who he is. I played poker with him one time. Well, he's a world champion poker player. Okay, this week he went to jail for eight years. You don't hear what he said? He said, my gambling was out of control. And the authorities have saved my life when they told me I can no longer gamble. That's bad for the police to have to tell you that. It's bad when the world has to tell you your sin is caught up with you and it's destroyed your life and you're going to jail you're going to die you're fired I don't care what your arrogance is that's sad folks because when the Holy Spirit lives in you this kind of stuff doesn't happen this was choices that were made by sin filled lives and so when we talk about this it is so relevant that if we don't have something in us that's greater than he that's in the world, we will be destroyed. And every believer needs to know who the Holy Spirit is and how 
they can receive the Holy Spirit, and that's through salvation, and then how they can live every day. When the temptation comes, they're able to stand strong in the power of his might. John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will pray to the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. You see, in our weakness, the Holy Spirit reminds us of God's strength. John 15, 26. But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. You want to know what God thinks about whatever situation you're facing right now? Let the Holy Spirit tell you. You say, I'm not sure I have the Holy Spirit. You need to settle that today, and you can. Let me give you one more scripture, John 16, 7. Jesus speaking again. Verse 7 and verse 13. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comfort will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Howbeit, when he is the spirit of truth is come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you all things that are to come. Isn't it good <laughs> to know somebody and have a relationship with someone in the deity that'll guide you to all truth? You think of all the decisions you make, all the way from what you eat to how you dress to where you go to who you marry or don't marry or whatever. I mean, just line it up. Do you ever get confused? Isn't it good to go to the one that didn't? And he said, you follow me. I'll make the right introductions for you. I'll get you the right job. I will, I will point you in, the, in the, the way that you ought to go. But you see, this Holy Spirit is a personality. And I'm running out of time, so let me hurry real quickly and tell you something. The personality, because he can think. The Holy Spirit can think. Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Ephesians 1.17, let the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. A person, the Holy Spirit, can think. He, a person can feel. Can the Holy Spirit feel? Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. A, a person can choose, can make choices. And the Holy Spirit speaks often, not as I want to do, but as the Father wants to do. God gives us the gift He chooses and we give to wants, but he gives to needs. If you want to know what, what you ought to do with your life, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person can work, can act, and can do. The Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. The Holy Spirit interprets the scriptures. He's got a job that he does. 
He has something to contribute back to all of us. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in righteousness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time, but by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you to do something today. Somebody told me when I was growing up, I double-dog dare you not to. And I want you to go back and I want you to read Psalm 22. Don't have time to do it right now. But put off your nap five minutes and read the 22nd Psalm. It was written 1,000 years by the Holy Spirit before Jesus died on, on the cross. Look at the detail. Every detail of the crucifixion is in Psalm 22. You think God's not alive? You think God doesn't know what's going on? Do you think that he doesn't know what's going to happen to America and what's going to happen to you and what's going to happen to me? I guarantee you he knows. And he's not waiting for somebody else to be elected or some other election to be held. He is waiting for the trump to blow when the Holy Spirit has finished his work. And the only thing that will matter is not how you voted. It's not even how you personally made decisions as far as the decisions you made. The answer is going to be, does the Holy Spirit live in your life? Have you been born again? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you really come to that point in your life when you say, I am no longer going to be like the crowd? Matter of fact, when I see everybody's going, I'm probably not going to go. And when I see everybody doing, I'm probably not going to do it. And when I, when I hear everybody talking a certain way and picking up all the slang and throwing out all the words, and every generation has them, all of our young people have a whole different ones that it's in their movies and it's in their stuff that they do, you don't get into that. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants the world, God wants the world to hear about Jesus and the way that happens is for the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truths and to help us stand against the evil one. The Holy Spirit points us to the truth. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives us direction. The Holy Spirit gives us illumination. The Holy Spirit draws us to the Savior while convicting us of our sin. That's the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Who's the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what I've been saying to you? The Holy Spirit is that invisible, as far as seeing with the physical eyes, part of the deity that comes into the life of every single believer. Nobody begs them to be baptized. They run towards the water because that's the first thing God wants from them. And then they take it from there. And then they start living 
like God wants them to live. So, who is Jesus? He's God creating. He's God communicating. He's God caring. And he is God coming. Well, who's the Holy Spirit? He's God creating. He's God communicating. He's God caring. And he's God coming. They're not three gods. There's one God. And that one God put together the way he planned it. They have to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And I want to tell you again before you take this message lightly. Or go out of this building and know good and well there's never been anything happened to you that would even resemble a new birth. But one day, Grandma got you baptized. Maybe took you down, sprinkled you on Saturday morning, paid somebody a few dollars, and so you're done. You, you sealed. I beg you, I plead with you that you listen to the absolute fact. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And the only way Christ can come into you is through the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit comes into you, your life will be changed forever. And no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper because this is the inheritance of the children of God. You don't have to worry about what the government does with the money crisis. You don't have to worry about immigration. You don't have to worry about all that stuff that's got people bothered. This week it was the schools and they voted some way yesterday whether we're going to evolutionize or creation, all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Don't wait for the schools to decide what you're going to teach your children. You teach them what the Holy Spirit wrote. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And leave it at that. And you say, well, that would just humiliate me. You need to be humiliated, maybe. You may need to be humiliated. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go away from here today and say, I know that I know that Jesus Christ lives in my life. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed against that day. And the Lord wants to come into your heart. Could I speak to my church member friends? Can I speak to some of you that maybe I've been your pastor for 30 years or more? Maybe 50. But listen. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit living in you is the evidence and the only evidence that carries weight to God the Father. And that is that you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you.